Welcome to the Review with Joy and Company, featuring conversations with best-selling authors as well as the hottest reviews with the authors you choose. We're inspiring the world through Christian literature. Stay logged on. We'd like to know, what are you reading? Once again, welcome to the review. I'm Joy. As always, I am delighted to be in the midst of your company. Well, we're going to really work together tonight on tonight's show. I thought I was all ready and raring to go. I hear my chest kind of struggling a little bit. So just bear with me because guess what, guys? It's the last show of 2023. Yes. Do you guys believe that? We made it. We well, made we got it. a couple of hours wow. left. but. Wow. <laughs> It's going to be two great shows. I tell you guys, I could not have handpicked the two books that we're reviewing tonight yes. to end the season with. I'm so excited. Mm -hmm. So hang out with us for a little while tonight because we've got two very special books to talk about. Before we jump in the stream, let's say hello to Rose Lewis. Good evening, everyone. And Rosemary LeGrand. Hello, everyone. It's a delight to be in the midst of your company again this evening. Great, great. And always, we want to give special props to our producer, Mr. Victor. He does such a wonderful job. I come in with new songs every week, and he just pulls them right up for me. So yes. thank you, Victor. We love thank you. Thank you, Victor. In um, case I forget, how can we forget? It's the most wonderful time of the year, you guys. We're in that wonderful season, and I hope all is going well for each and every one of you on the sound, under the sound of my voice tonight. I want to talk to you a little bit about our author, but I need to breathe. So, Rose, can you do that for me? I, yes, let me have. Yes, I'm a, yes you caught me off guard here. <laughs> <laughs> but you all know that I can handle it, yes, so yes, it yes. is no problem. Rosie. We are visiting with Mr. Miles Reed, Jr., and he's a Christian, a husband, and a father of two. He was born in Detroit, Michigan, and educated at the University of Michigan and Columbia Graduate School of Business. He has worked as a business executive in the U.S. and Europe in the consumer and financial service industries. He is passionate about bringing attention to the criticality of a thriving family for individuals, communities, and the nation to create the conditions for immediate and long-term prosperity. We are indeed delighted to have you here with the Review with Joy and Company. And what you can do is add to what I've told, because yeah. you have a lot more kudos than that, of yeah. course. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and that was wonderful. I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure to be here with you fantastic women. Thank uh, you. Really nice, and I'm really impressed with your program. You've been doing it for these two decades now. And I, I appreciate the opportunity to come and just talk to you and we'll have a good conversation about families. 
super important, I think, for I mean, the entire country, uh, and particularly for, I think, the black community, a really important uh, topic for us to take up. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, as you were speaking, the thing that has been on my heart since you walked in the studio is this is an end-time book. Yes. Mm. Yes. We are an end-time situation here in this world, and as you were saying before we went on air, family is the key. Is the key. That is the, the thing that's going to hold everything together. Yes. So I just want you to give them a little snippet of what the book entails. Sure. The book is really about helping parents. That's really the key thing. And it's about helping parents to um, equip their children, uh, to help to protect and build their children. I think many uh, children are kind of in the midst of families where parents are very busy. Uh, and I think a lot of parents, uh, they unintentionally leave uh, critical parts of parenting to institutions like schools and churches in which they play their part. Uh, but the primary responsibility is really with the parent. Uh, and I think a lot of parents are a little apprehensive to to know exactly how do they sustain a structured approach to make sure they bring that young child up to be a productive, constructive person in the society when the child is exposed to a lot of counterproductive elements today. So I think this helps to uh, give parents the right kind of tools to influence their way of thinking because it all starts in the mind. So the mindset that a parent has to have to really help their child get through this time is quite critical. So that's really what it's about. And the mind yeah. is the battlefield yeah. where it all starts. Yes, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. For everything, absolutely. It, it, be it good or bad, it's absolutely. in your mind. You know, and it takes time really to build a mindset with a child. You can't do it in a week. Even a year, it takes a long-term period of constant reinforcement to make sure they're growing in the right direction. What spearheaded the title of your book? You know, I, I am personally a Christian. Uh, that kind of makes me uh, lean towards conservative values broadly. And uh, I, I wouldn't say that I was, uh, you know, in our American system, a Republican or a Democrat, but a conservative. And I kind of like the idea of that. That was a big theme some four years ago. And I, but I do think what caught my attention was the idea that there needs to be a renewal, you know, mm. a bringing back to what it used to be. I, I was telling a friend of mine, and this is, and I even mentioned this in the book. Detroit, Michigan is a very dangerous city and has been for, for decades. Really. Yeah. I grew up yeah. in the time period when we had metal detectors at high school before the airports had metal detectors. But in the 70s, when I was a child, you could sleep in the summertime with the door open and the screen was locked. And it was safe in the yeah. middle of Detroit. Yeah. Uh, and that was a better time in terms of safety and, and communities, right? Yes. Yeah. yes. When I was reading that, uh, I, I got tickled because you went on to add, it wasn't like in a rural community. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But I grew up in a rural community, yeah. and we would leave home and leave the doors unlocked exactly. and we yeah. could go anywhere and come back and everything yeah. was still there That's right. people would come to your house yeah. and they would come and know you're not home and they wouldn't go in or that's bother right. anything. That's right. that's that right. was just the way of life People at that time. People respecting each other, and that's really important. I think yeah. that's one of the things with children. One of the things, I think there are three primary things children should begin to focus on. One is that they have value. 
many children don't even understand that they have value, that they have a purpose in this life, and really importantly, that they respect the value of other people. A lot of the issues that we see in society are t attached to those three primary things. Mm -hmm. And before, people knew not to go into other people's homes, even though door, the door was open. Right. Uh, and that was a different time. So when I think about making families great again, there were aspects of 30, 40 years ago that still are good that we can bring back to make our society safer, more peaceful, more productive, and healthy for everybody. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's you know, guys, we're visiting with Miles Reed Jr. this evening. We're talking about his book, Making Families Great Again, Equipping Parents to Transform Their Families Through the Eyes of God. Now, I have to agree with you, Miles, because mm -hmm. you threw me there for a little bit with the title. Yep. When we talk about this title, yes. it arouses our political senses. Absolutely. No, jo no Absolutely. joke there. Absolutely. And then when you get into the first 20, maybe 15 to 20 pages of the book, mm -hmm. I think you kind of continue on that little political ride. Mm -hmm. But what I love, and, and I want to bring out some points in that because you made mm -hmm. some excellent okay. points in yeah. that ride. Mm -hmm. But you scooted over when you opened the book up mm -hmm. and you had me when you said the journey mm -hmm. begins. Yes, that's right. It and is that chapter, the journey begins, mm -hmm. was so powerful mm -hmm. because you really broke down the analogy of who God is. Yes, that's right. And why we should reverence, yes. reverence him. Yeah. And what he means or should mean yeah, what he should to mean. us, mm -hmm. especially as heads of families. Yes. For you, how strategic was it for you to start off so political the way you did mm. and then go into that like that? You know, it's interesting. It wasn't conscious. <coughs> this entire book Excuse writing me. wasn't like some grand plan. Mm -hmm. uh, what we have in the book really is an extract of my personal walk my, with my family. Mm -hmm. So when we were in Norway, Norway is, you know, it's just like every other Western European country post-Christian. They celebrate Christmas, they celebrate Easter, but the churches are quite weak. So I'm coming from America where we go to church and church is strong and we were having some challenges. And so as my children were growing, they were becoming seven, eight, nine, I started to realize these churches that we were attending were starting to influence them in a negative way. So then uh, my wife and I said, okay, we can't have this. We need to, I, I said, okay, we need to have something at home. Mm -hmm. And then that started our journey and that led to us just to develop a model that is very simple. Everybody sings like in church before you get started. I mean, of course, you pray first. Uh, you sing and then you have a lesson and then you, you end with some prayer and maybe there's an illustration on YouTube, you know, some animated illustration of what the concept was for for the children. Right, and that right. was great for the family. So then when we talk about how do we get to this idea of politics, uh, it wasn't intentional, but I had someone say to me uh, in, in church, we don't talk about politics here. And I think that actually, I think that's not right, quite right. So when we think about what is religion, right? Religion is a set of doctrines that talks about how God would want us to live or your belief in God, what that should be. As a Christian, it's what the Bible would say, how we live. So what is politics? It's policies set by politicians about how we live. Right. So we have this overlap of how we live. Which one is gonna dominate? The, politi the politician's point of view or what God has to say. So that's how you get the merging of politics into God. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about this country and no matter where you live in this country, what we do in our family, which leads to how people live this life, affects the whole nation. 
So that was how I said that this is an issue that uh, it relates to politics, uh, but it transitions to how we frame our entire reality. How do you think about God? He is the foundation. You start there. Mm -hmm. Before you start talking about how you treat your neighbor, you have to start with God. Right. So that was how I kind of started at that position. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's interesting. Mm -hmm. I actually, I love the, the, the forget-me-not mm. nuggets. Yes. Oh, yes. You know? So good. I mean, yeah, nuggets, but yeah. I gleam in on, on um, forget-me-not number seven. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, on page 185. 185. Yes. Yes. Yeah, because the Word of God says to train up a child in the way that he or she should go. Yes. You know, and as I read um, the yes and the no's, mm -hmm. you know, I know sometimes it's hard for parents to say no. Yes. Now, I want to ask you, um, there may be parents listening right now, mm. how difficult or profitable it is to say no. Extremely. And I think one of the challenges with this, and I think this item connects back to the very first one. And when I look at all 12 of the forget-me-nots, the most, in my view, the most important one is the first one. And that is you are raising an adult. So many people, they have a child and they are wonderful, they're loving, and you're gonna have a lot of great times with that child. They bring such special things to a family. But actually, in addition to that, you parent, you have a job to do. Yes. And when you approach something that's a job, you have a whole different mindset. Yes. If you drive to your office and you do something from nine to five, you know you have things you have to do to bring about that outcome that you're expecting, that your boss is expecting. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do a good job, you know for sure you're gonna feel bad, your boss is not gonna feel good about that either. Mm -hmm. The same is true when it comes to your family. If you neglect your child, if you let your child go to the left too far, to the right too far, over time it's gonna bear fruit and you won't be so happy about it. Yeah. So if you had the mindset, we talked before about the mindset. Mm -hmm. This book is about helping the parents to think differently about how they raise their children. Mm -hmm. So you start first with the attitude that, hey, you know you have a job, which means that you have to help the child have a wonderful life, but also you have to say yes to certain things and no actually to a lot more things because children tend to be impulsive, they don't True. have wisdom, and the, one of the biggest things that parents can do to help them is to say no to a lot of things. Yeah. yeah, not because you want to be mean, but because they oftentimes don't understand the consequences of what they would like to do. You know, two-year-olds are the, the cutest little things Aren't running they? around the room. Yes. They are. And they I think are. God did yeah. that yes. intentionally because they can be like the terrible twos and, yes. and they can get into things that make you want to go, ooh. Yes. But they're so cute. Just when you're at that ooh mm -hmm. point, they'll say or do something yes. so cute. You yes. know, I love the perspective that you took when you said we've got to get into the mindset that we are raising people to be adults, mm -hmm. not just that cute little terrible two-year-old yes. that just you know makes you laugh at everything and yeah. you want to put him on, what do you call it, record yes. him and put him on different social media things and what have you, but that we have to stay focused on the plan. Right. And that is that one day this cute little Tara mm -hmm. is going to be somebody's husband, yes. somebody's wife, yes. somebody's provider, mm -hmm. And it's up to us as the parents. Someone's coworker. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so good yeah. to Someone's bring him there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, guys. Once again, I can't say the name of this book enough because I really want you to visit us at joyandcompany.org to get your copy of this. I'd, I'd call it monumental mm -hmm. read. You know, we've gone through so many books this year, and um, this book will make you take a look 
at what's going on in your family and what needs to be going on in your family. It is Making Families Great Again by Miles Reed Jr. So get your copy. And um, go ahead, Rose, because I... Okay. You know, uh, in discussing the parenting, we've been talking, looking at the kids from their beginnings. Mm -hmm. But many listening may have children they are parenting that have surpassed the preteen years. Mm -hmm. How does that parent facilitate their teenagers Mm -hmm. who may have been tainted views from exposure to our corrupt America. Yeah, it's really yeah, that's really really powerful, but really relevant because here's a, a metaphor for living, right? So every day, I say that you're pouring concrete, okay? And when you pour that concrete, you have your experience. You're going left or right, and the question becomes: Are you going in the right direction or not? And as a child gets older, if they've been going wrong for a long time, you have to be honest about that. That's going to be tough. Right, yeah. because they've established habits, yeah. uh, they've gotten friends, they've gotten mindsets about mm-hmm. how they should live, which is not productive for them. Right. However, you still can't give up on that child, right? Okay, right. so then at that point, I think this is where, and it reminds me of how a sinner is saved, right? You take an adult male, and he is living a certain way, but you help that person to know that God loves them, that they have value, and that cuts through. So even with a teen that is far gone uh, in, in the wrong direction, getting them back to the principles of, hey, remember, you have a purpose here. God put gifts in you, okay? You want to align with that. And you know what? God is going to be with you. And that helps to break some of that concrete that's hard to talk through and talk them away from that. And once you get them back to there, then you can start talking about principles. And what you find is that the world is run by principles. And you can find these principles happening all the time. And if you are to be teaching that child when you get up, when you go out, as the Bible tells us to do, you will help them to see, wow, it is true what you're saying is right. And it gives them confidence that they can believe more of what you're telling them to do. And, and you know, as you were talking, it's like living by example. Living by example. Behavior is learned. So if you show them the way by how you live, yes. it's going to eventually catch on. Yes, you hit something very important, and that's probably one of the more challenging pieces to the, to the book. You know, if you're living a certain way, it's difficult to get the child to believe what you're saying if you're not doing the same thing. Exactly. The last thing you want to have is to have your child secretly call you hypocrite. Because yes. children have an exceptional skill of identifying inconsistencies. When you're doing one thing and you're saying another thing, oh, they are very skilled to point that out. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, you have to be very aware of that. Hypocrite uh, pricked me (laughs) because I have a 39-year-old daughter, and when she went away to college, Mm -hmm. uh, we had a little tiff, Mm -hmm. and she sent me this harsh email, Mm -hmm. and in it she said, you're just a hypocrite. That's a strong word, right? And that, you know for me to still remember it now, and she's 39 years old, that's how much it affected me. And one day I brought it up to her, and I said, you know, it really hurt. You said some harsh things mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I was just mad. But you know, when you yeah. think to the core of it, yeah. and I began to look at me, yeah. I could see some validity yeah, right. mm-hmm. in what she was saying yes. about what I was doing That's because right. she would see me gossiping, yeah, right. you know, and 
little bitty things that you think, like you're saying, mm -hmm. that kids don't notice, yeah. but they, they do notice. They do notice. Yes. Yes. You know, it's like touched. you're telling them this is how you live, but yes. then they see you go do this. Yes. 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 Yeah, yes. Awesome. Awesome. How long, Miles, has this project kind of nestled inside of you before you were able to bring it to fruition? Yes. Yeah, so, okay, so I had my family. So I was working like a regular person. My wife was working. And I would have to, in between Sundays, think of things to talk about. The children, I would listen to the children. That's a, a good way to do it. They come home, they tell you about school, and you knew there was something happening at school mm -hmm. that the Bible has something to say about. I'd say, yes. okay, that's my subject. And I'd go and do a little bit of notes. And then I would have my pieces of paper. And every mm -hmm. week I'd have this pile that would grow and grow. And after several years, we did this for like six years or so. Wow. And then in 2019, at the beginning, mm -hmm. I said, okay, I think I'm going to try to, I had the feeling I should write this book. I should capture it. And I just started doing it uh, after work, living like everybody else, just like I did my first book. And on the weekends, I have a little bit more time and take more notes. Uh, and then in the last uh, 2022, I got more serious and started to be more focused. And during 2023, I said, I'm going to bring it to closure. You know, I was sitting here and it flashed in my mind. I don't know why. The statement you made, made when you were sharing how when the t towers were hit, yeah. Yeah. you were across the street and yeah. you were running. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm thinking about in that moment when you were running, mm -hmm. did that change your life? Yeah, you know, actually, it affected me for maybe three or four months afterwards because I would have these recurring nightmares of, mm -hmm. of the plane going into, into a building. It wouldn't explode, and I would mm -hmm. be right at the place where the plane went in, and I would walk in the plane and try to figure out what was going on. And when I would walk down the street, I had a dog at that time. You could hear the planes, and I would jerk. I would jump every time. So it took wow. several months for that to happen. Yeah. But I, I learned something. You know, we, we learn a lot of things in life. And I can tell you, I learned what despair looked like. Oh, my goodness. It was, it was horrible. So we're standing across the street, and those two towers are there, and the flames are, you know, enormous. And people are waving. And can you imagine how desperate you would feel to be 80 stories high? And all you could do was jump. That's like the oh best my, option. Oh my goodness. And the people's bodies were thundering to the ground. <clears throat> it was, and so it. Everybody was gripped like with watery eyes. Yeah. That's how powerful that was. Yeah. So when I was running, everyone was screaming. People jumping in the water. That was more like a reaction. And it was like I don't know if the building's going to fall on us or not. But it it, uh, it made me realize that you know, thank God. In my life, I have had uh, several instances where. If the circumstances were just a little different, it would be very different for me in a negative way. Mm -hmm. So that building is a, it's a very commu uh, common commute point. So if I had just come to work just a little bit later, I could have been under those oh towers as well. Jesus. So, you know, I, I'm, it makes you more grateful. But yeah. I, like I say, you, you learn it's uh, evil is, is really a, a terrible thing. Uh, yeah. but again, for someone to be in a situation where all the best option forward is not to get downstairs, but the fire is so intense, I got to jump these 80 stories. Mm -hmm. And many people we saw, uh, unfortunately, hit that ground uh, with a thunder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take a moment and say hello to some people. Okay. Teresa Futabe says Merry Christmas to the trio. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Teresa. <laughs> 
And Karen Coleman says, good evening, everyone. I'm listening for those golden nuggets of wisdom. Awesome. <laughs> Hi, Karen. It's Hi, been a moment. Karen. Thank you for jumping in with us tonight. She says, Lord, have your way tonight. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. And Autre Scott said, very true, 100 at some point. Yes. We appreciate you for listening to Trey. Yes. Wow. That's awesome. awesome. Thank you, guys. We really appreciate you know, your, your comments. Book, you, you, you touch so many different topics, mm. you know, especially purpose. Mm. And sometimes um, we just don't believe that we have purpose. Yes. You know, we just yes. don't believe we have purpose. Yet, yeah, the Word of point. God says in Jeremiah 1.5, mm. we do have purpose. We do. Yeah. So um, can you elaborate on how true those words are? Yes. We do have Purpose. Yeah, so I'll give you one way to confirm this here. So you have a family, mm-hmm. siblings, or even if you have siblings. In the same household, they have different personalities. Yes. One person is very focused on sports. One person is focused on Legos. That's all they like to do. One person likes to paint. Where did that come from? That was in them. They have a gift. They have a talent. They have an inclination that's unique for them. Mm-hmm. That is part of the path that God has put in them for them to do something, utilizing that. So if you're very good with constructing, you shouldn't be a painter because you're not really good with paint. Right. But if you're very good with painting, you probably don't like Legos, which has been the case for my children. Mm-hmm. My son loves it. He's like an engineer. He likes to build everything. My daughter likes to paint. They're like, we threw Legos at her. She threw them right back. She didn't really, yeah. she didn't really love it. Yeah. So and the same is true for people who are gifted singers. Different. Some mm-hmm. people have all kinds of gifts. And these gifts... They're given to us yes. for the purpose that God, remember, God has set good works for us to do before the foundation of the earth. Yes. Those works were established for us to do. So then we are to look for how our gifts align to fulfill to do those good works in this earth. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as, as parents and, and uh, caregivers of the children in yeah. our families, we have to pay attention we to those to. Yes. gifts. I remember the best Christmas I ever had was the Christmas that my mother realized that I do not like dolls. See? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. See? She paid and attention. this doll yes. every year yeah. that I yeah. just never played with. Yeah, you know? that's right. And then one, one Christmas, I was like a preteen or something, and instead of a doll, I had a stack of books. See? Exactly. It made no sense to nobody yeah. in the yeah, family, exactly. but it exactly. was my yeah. best yeah. Christmas, yes. you know? Exactly. <laughs> I loved it. Example. Yeah, every, now, child, every child is different. Yes. As yeah. I said initially, mm-hmm. you know, they have different characters, you mm-hmm. know, and my mother had three children, mm-hmm. and she always said to us, I love all three of you guys, you know, mm-hmm. but I just like one disposition much more than mm-hmm. the other, yeah. mm-hmm. because you all guys are different. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Awesome. That's right. Now, you did something really cute in the book. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it <laughs> because poetry, I have to admit, everybody knows this about me. Yes. It's truly my first love. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, so first of all, question too. one, yes. was that poem original? Yes, it is. Oh, look at you. Oh, look you know, at you. You know what's interesting? Can I tell you? Can I take him up to tell you a story yes. about that? Yes. Yeah, do. Because okay. I want you to share it with our I, audience. I do. I, I would it. like to do that. So um, I have a friend that I met when we moved here to Plano last June, the first two or three days. We were in a grocery store. I won't say the grocery store's name. And... We were shopping for some vitamins, and the man was there. He was 85, and he started talking to us. And we started talking to him, mm-hmm. and we became friends. Real nice man. Okay. But this guy was a motivational speaker <clears throat> for 30 years, and so we would have lunch periodically just to socialize. Right. And he challenged me. He said, Miles, you know, I, I think you have something in you. He's an encourager. <laughs> and he said, I, I think you can write poetry. 
Now, I used to be a tax accountant. Okay. okay. That's, so far, that's so far away from creativeness, right? <laughs> and he's, I said, Bill, you know, I appreciate what you're saying, Bill, but, you know, that's not my thing. You right. Know, I, don't, I don't do poetry. Right. Uh-huh. And after several months, he kept saying, come on, you can write a poem for your wife. I said, okay, Bill. Roses so then I said, yeah. And I wrote something. And it was more than I thought it could be. Oh, wow. And, you know, that I tell Bill, he kicked the rock out of the dam. So then I started writing poems. And I got like, I don't know, 50 or so poems. I just keep writing them. So, <laughs> so this, wow. this uh, poem was an original poem. Wow. Yeah, the, it's the, very good. I, I really yeah. like it. Thank and you. I wanted to share it with you yeah. guys because you'll love it too. But in the meantime, visit us at joincompany.org to get your copy of Making Families Great Again, Equipping Parents to Transform Their Families through the eyes of God. Well, it, that's just a powerful title, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, you will not regret having this book in your library or uh, at your bedside because there's so many wonderful step-by-step instructions on how to take your family to the next level. But before we talk more about that, let's check out this poem. Okay. The poet in us. <laughs> I, know. I used to joke with my children many years ago. I said, you know, Daddy's a poet. He didn't even know it. And I would joke like oh that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would accidentally rhyme stuff. And they were like, oh, why are you rhyming? And I just would say but that. But you know what? Yeah. We have what we say. Yeah, we have yeah, what we say. <laughs> exactly. So just a little backdrop for the audience. So I wrote this poem um, imagining that the country, America, was a sentient being and was observing people in, in its body. Mm-hmm. And it had a message for families. So that is the basis for the poem. Now, the poem is entitled, A Nation's Call. A Nation's Call. It seems that my glory might have faded. Jails are filling up. This can't be debated. There are crimes, drugs, and despair that burden me. We must not let it perish. Oh, say, can you see? Don't let this be, for I will cry. My future is on the line. Don't let it die. All the adults that you see, whether good or bad, were once children in a home, whether happy or sad. A mama's hand, a daddy's hand. They create a good foundation for the children to stand. When children are given a safe and moral foundation, the weight of crime, drugs, and despair will lessen in this nation. See, I've got plans, plans to be great again. However, I can't get there without families thriving, my friend. This is America, and I am making a clarion call. Please, parent like never before, or I just might fall. Wow. A nation's call. Oh. <laughs> we gotta right. give it to him. We gotta give it to him. Thank you so it. much. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You know, Miles, a few years ago, I read The Warmth of Other Suns by Isabel Wilkinson. Are you okay. familiar with the no, piece? No, no, no. Oh, it's 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 an amazing mm. piece of work, okay. okay? As a matter of fact, when it was um it was, I compared it to the, um, what's his name, Alex Haley's roots. Okay, it was right. like an extension of that, okay. yes. And the intensity and the depth of her research 
and what she brought out about the black family. Mm -hmm. And uh, it starts off in the during the Great Migration. Right. So she picks up kind of like a roots vibe mm -hmm. from the Great Migration right, right. and takes it into the maybe early 60s, right. into the Civil Rights Movement. Yep, yep. And she follows five families. Okay. okay. Phenomenal piece okay. of work. Phenomenal. Okay. And it's it's on the roots shelf with okay. me. Okay. I have to say. Yes. And I mean this in all sincerity. Okay. Making families great again mm -hmm. has earned its spot on that shelf. Oh, that's yes. fantastic. Yeah, yes. I'm yes. telling you. And yes. you know why? Mm -hmm. Because this is a book mm -hmm. that's taken not only black families, mm -hmm. but all families. All families, right. You know, yes. it is taking the American family mm -hmm. and all of its diverse dynamics, yes. but it's taking it to salvation. Exactly. Yes. And. Mm -hmm. It is a piece of work that can literally, and I mean this in all sincerity, guys, change mm. the trajectory of your family. Mm. Yes, it can. This is a powerful book. Because you don't go and mm. get a prayer line mm. where some mother is not standing up there crying yes. about her child that's on yes. drugs. Yes. yes. Or her child that has been incarcerated. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the child that has lost their way, mm -hmm. that is the cry every Sunday yes. morning yes. of some parents, yes. you know. And so many of the principles that you bring out in this book, mm. if we just take our time, digest them, yes. and employ them, mm -hmm. you know, put them to yes. work, yes. it can really change Absolutely. the dynamics yes. of a family. Yes. And if I could just describe just a bit more, so the book itself has... 48 lessons, okay, mm -hmm. and each, which means it's very modular. Yes. So you can decide where you want to be if yeah. you just feel like, yeah. oh, this is too much for me. No, no, you can just take these three pages, that's that one lesson, yeah. on that one topic, yeah. okay? Sure. Now, what I would say is that um, there's something that's unique about corporate worship. So you go to church and yes. you sing together with several hundred people. You yeah. can't get that in your own home. Right, right. But what this is helping you to do is get something that church can I give to you. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you in our family, when we taught our children to pray, we would pray for the children. But then over time, the children would pray for each other. Mm -hmm. The children would pray for us. The children would hear my wife and I pray for each other. And then we, because siblings always argue here and there, cool. it's hard to really be intensely angry with somebody you've prayed for. Sure. And that helps to change the dynamics in the home. I like that. And that is something that you can't get by, by sending your child to the youth group. Uh, that's great for the youth. But in your home, what you create is a peace, a respect, and appreciation for yes. real issues in the family. Yeah. And that creates a tenderness in the family relations that you can't get in another kind of setting. Right. And one other thing you were, you talked about, and I, that's why I was smiling when you went there and I was like this, because I had wrote down where you said singing praises to God. Yes. Something will shift in the atmosphere yes. of your home. That's right. That pricked me. And when I read that, I could, that scripture came, it's Acts 2. Mm-hmm. When he said, comes like a mighty rushing yeah, wind. That's right. And yes. the reason the atmosphere changed is because you had invited him in. Yeah, that's right. And he had, when he came in, the atmosphere changed. That's right. And I was like, wow, yes. that is awesome. And you talked also about, you not only taught them how to pray for each other, but you taught them a different concept of prayer where it wasn't, Asking God for this, that, yes. that can I have? Yes. And they listen to you pray for the world. That's right. 
pray for other people. That's right. Pray for political things. That's right. Everything that concerns an individual. Up, right? That's right. And that changed their mode of thinking. Absolutely. And they began to pray for those things. Absolutely. And I smile because I know my grandson, he will pray for little things that he's my, my daughter is a real prayer warrior. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time it was something going on with his brother. And he was like, Lord Jesus, I love KVN. Yeah. Come in, Jesus. Help my brother. Yes. You know, and prayer. I just, my heart was like, he said, Diva, let's pray. Let's yeah. pray, Diva. Yeah. And that is something. He's seven now, yeah. and he was six when this happened. Yeah. And I credit that to my daughter creating an atmosphere right. where he heard her praying. That's right. He heard her crying out That's to God, right. and right. he knew, it's trouble right now, but if That's I right. cry out to God, yeah. help is on the way. That's right. right. Wow. That's right. right. That's right. And you talked a lot about the Holy Spirit also. Mm-hmm. And to, um, as Rose was saying, when we bring him in, when we bring the Lord in, the Holy Spirit comes in with mm-hmm. him. That's why it's so important to cultivate, yes. teach our children to cultivate a yes. relationship with the yes. Holy Spirit because he's the one that does all the work. Yeah, that's he's right. the one that brings it, brings back to our remembrance everything yes. that our parents teach yes. you know, mm-hmm. teaches us. And he's the one, well, he's the focal. He's mm-hmm. the a, a central part yes. of our lives. So Absolutely. I love the part that... You touch every, you touch faith, you touch yes. the Holy Spirit, you yes. touch yeah. praise, yes. you know, everything mm-hmm. is in that book. So, uh-huh. um, yes. You know, you know really you, by that. Thank I, you. I counted about 14, it might have been 15, one, you know, give or take one or two uh, attributes that you brought out mm. of who God is. Yeah. Oh, yes. Just going over a couple of those. Before yeah. he starts, be can much? I say hello to these people sure, right sure, quick? Sure, sure, sure. Jana Lewis Perez says, that's my daughter. She uh-huh. says, Merry Christmas to the beautiful trio and guest of all. Oh, that's great. That's ah, great. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. I love saying that. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah. And Larry C. Morris says, Awesome. Mm. awesome. Yes. Oh. And he is a recipient of a Henry yes. and a Reader's Choice Award oh, from yeah. our last well, awards. Yes, he is. He had that's an that's awesome it. book. Oh, and he's a great God. writer that's and a great, great, great man of God. Oh, that's great. And Susan Dixon Banks says, absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. From one poet to another, oh. Merry Christmas. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Well, about the, your question. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I learned something. There was a pastor. He passed away, but he was an incredible teacher. His name was Charles Stanley. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes. Charles Stanley out of Atlanta. Yeah. yeah yes. In Touch Ministries. He was a man who could take such oh, complex ideas and reduce them down to so simple, so easy yes. to understand. And he said something many years ago, but I always remembered it, and I see it to be true when I live. He said, what you think about a person or thing, it determines how you interact with that person or thing. Yes. It's true. And that's very true. Yes. So then you get back to God. Mm-hmm. So we have a very, uh, even in the Christian body, can maybe not handle or approach God as identical to the word as it says God is. And certainly then outside of the church, you have a very irreverent handling of God. But if you had an understanding of who God is, you would feel differently. If you knew that someone told you that God is with you, oh, that sounds good, but what does that mean? Then you have to say, well, let me tell you about God. And then you say, oh, no, God created everything. Everything? No, he, everybody. Everything, everybody. And he's powerful. And you give them examples. Show me how he's powerful. And your Bible shows you here some examples. And that begins to paint a picture, 
particularly in the mind of children, they have a great imagination. So if you can show them what the Bible says, it begins to build confidence. So you can say, we have to trust God. And you have to take those moments when things happen in your life, when you pray about it and something happens, you have to reinforce it with the child. See how God was there? And they go, oh, yeah, God was there. And you get that reinforcing of the idea of who God is. So it's important to talk about the dimensions of God's, you know, his presence, his power, his knowledge. He knows everything. He knows what's good for all of us. But the child has to be told that, right? Yes. Yes. But we as adults need to be told that as well. And we have to believe it. Yeah, we have to believe it. So that when we transfer that knowledge, it's received. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. I love the one that you said. There's no secrets with God. Yeah, he knows everything. He knows everything. He knows everything. everything. One thing he said, too, he said, you need to know who you are Mm -hmm. so you can know what you are not. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. That was awesome. Yeah, thank you. Well, you know, Miles, Mm -hmm. um, we're always very happy when authors come and share their work with us. You can see we get excited. Yes, I love love it. It's great energy. Love it. We really do, especially when it's a very special, meaningful, Mm -hmm. and well-written piece of Mm -hmm. work like you've presented with us today. But we do want to give something back to you in return. Your presence is... uh, (laughs) This conversation is fantastic. I'm glad you're enjoying it. We do it in the person of Rosemary LeGrand. She brings forth the wick, words inspiring change. But this, my friend, is for you. Okay. Rosemary? Thank you, Joy. The Word of God says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and lean not to your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Now you can personalize those words. Child of God, God has a great plan for your life, a destiny for you to fulfill. Stop making excuses. Do not allow disappointment to stop you. Remember the enemy of your soul. He comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Hold on to God's word, as it said in Romans 8, 28. All things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and those that are called according to his purpose. You love the Lord, don't you? Yes. Then you are called with purpose and your situation is working out for good. Mm. And we're going to say together, Mm. hallelujah. 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 Praise God. You know, so pick up the pieces. Keep going on. Gird up your loins and tell God that you're ready. Mm. Trust him. He has a great plan in store for you. Before you were born, he predestined you for greatness. Let him have his way. Be still and know that he is God. <laughs> Commit all of your works to him, child of God, and it shall succeed. So until next time, may God richly Thank bless you. Thank you so much. A really encouraging word. Amen. I appreciate that. And the, you know the standout for me, Rosemary, yeah. is my be still and I know, know that, that I am God. Yes, and right. I say to you, listen, be still mm. and know that he is a mighty God. He yes, he, he is. is. Yes, he he is remembers you. He knows who you are. He cares about you. And he's got your back. Yes. Just trust him. Lean into him. This season is all about him. But you know what? He's all about you. Amen. 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 Good word, Rosie. Do you know, Miles, um, we go through tough times sometimes. You know, and sometimes when we're going through those times, people say, you must have faith. You must have faith. And some people don't even know what it is like to have faith. So could you give us an example of a definition of faith? 
Yes, you know, we have, uh, the Bible says faith is the evidence of the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. So it's about trust. That's the core of faith, trusting in something. But here we're talking about trusting in God and knowing that your life means something and that he will work things out. It may be different than you might expect. You have a different timeline, but you have to rest and trust in God and see him move. That's a challenge for all of us. Yes. Uh, God has done many things in my life, and we have seen him do things, and we praise him. Those are our testimonies. Those yes. tests are our testimonies. Yes. And then God's got something new for you, and you got to wait again, <coughs> and you think, oh, man, I thought I did that already. But that is part of building good faith and um, learning how to have greater confidence mm -hmm. that he will do it because he will do it. He will Amen. Yeah. That's a good word. That's a good word. Guys, the book is Making Families Great Again, and the author is Miles Reed, Jr. Mm -hmm. Visit us at joyandcompany.org to get your copy of this really great read. It's a good book to have. It will become your family's dictionary. Mm -hmm. Now, I like the way you talked about, you made reference to the good old days, yep. and it started bringing back sitcoms yes. to my mind, like mm -hmm. Happy Days yes. and Julia, yes. good, times, <laughs> good times, you know, yes. <laughs> yes. and based on, I hope I can get this out, because mm -hmm. I'm kind of struggling here, okay, based on, you, you obviously did a lot of research with this book, it shows, yep. and I appreciate that as a reader. Mm -hmm. Based on the paradigm that you've established with this book, mm -hmm. if families across America mm -hmm. adapt this, yes. what would a future sitcom for America look like? Oh, that's a great <laughs> question. It might look like the Huckster. <laughs> <laughs> Children having good relations with each other. People are speaking gently to one another. There's love between the spouses. There's a wholeness in the home, yes. uh, peace in the home. There's an investment in your today so you can fulfill what you should be tomorrow. Homes like that. You don't have to be a doctor. You can be whatever. But what we're talking about are homes where people support each other. They help them understand their value and that they know that God is with them and God has a plan for them and that God will see them through their perfect plan. And we know that every good story has to have a conflict. Yes. And so wouldn't it be great if we turned on the television and we actually saw family conflicts yeah. being resolved on our needs? Oh, that would yeah. be great. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. 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 Yes. Awesome. Yeah. So you're really on to something. Yeah. You know yeah. that, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love your idea. <laughs> Teresa yeah. Futabe says, the power of the foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's right. Yes. And Karen Coleman says, that was an awesome poem. Oh. I will buy the oh, book. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, you will <laughs> not be sorry. Oh, Karen, you will love this book. Mm. Yeah. I'm telling you. And, yes. and it's not a book that you, you don't read this book like a novel, guys, mm. okay? You really have to um, take it, like you said, there are 48 yeah. components to mm -hmm. it. You didn't use the word component, mm -hmm. but um, those segments, you mm -hmm. know, you're going to take them in and digest them mm -hmm. and think about them and see how they can apply to you and your family. Mm -hmm. It's definitely going to be one that I'll keep. Yeah, and the thing about um, uh, what Joy just said is that you have uh, these 48 lessons. They cover different topics. Yeah. And then you have about three or four lessons that make up segments. And then you, at the end of that segment, and there are 12 segments, you have this forget-me-not, forget which me is not. a, a yeah. wisdom nugget for how parents should think things through. 
And then you, in that same section of the book, you have some questions mm -hmm. that helps you, like you mentioned, to reflect yeah. a bit. And they help you to think through, like, what might I do differently? Uh, how should I see my family differently? What action might I take? Mm -hmm. So that you can, again, this is about helping the parent adjust the way that they think so you can be better equipped to handle what's happening. Because I do, I do think that parents really love their children, but I do think there are three things I would say that are important to be effective parents. There are many things you should do, but I, if I had to have three, I would say one, you have to be very committed to the, to the process because it can be very draining. Children yeah. can really drain you. You know, they get on your, I mean, we say, well, they get on my nerves. I mean, they can get on your nerves, right? <laughs> All of the, how many times I have to tell you to do that? I mean, that's the statement you have to yeah. say so many yeah. times. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm doing that still with my children too, still, <laughs> even at 17 and 15. So that can be very draining, but you have to be committed to it. Two, you have to be very informed. So when we were growing up, there was no fentanyl. Uh, but today, the fentanyl can kill you. Yeah. You know, we had 107, the book says 107,000 people died from drug overdose mm -hmm. in yes. one year. Yes. So you have to, and most of that was fentanyl-related drugs. So right. you have to be very careful. So you have to know what's happening. Right. You have to know what's happening with Instagram and TikTok to understand, well, what are the children doing over there? Yeah. To understand, right. well, are you doing yeah. that too much? Maybe you should not do that so much. Yeah. And you also have to be uh, very purposeful with your time. You have to say, okay, you know what? Um, I'm busy. Life is busy, but I have to determine. I like going to my church. Go to church. But maybe once a month. Say, so we're not going to go to church today. We're going to be at home, and we're going to talk as a family. You know, uh, Junior, you were talking about so-and-so in school. You know what? God has something to say about that because you had to do a little bit of prep. And right. you sit and you talk about it. You yeah. start out, you pray for each other. Mm -hmm. And that can be a little awkward, right? But right. you had to be a little bit more mature than the child and pray for them. And you say, okay, now I want you to pray for your sister. And they go, oh, I don't want to do that. And, and after a while, <laughs> they get used to that, right? Yeah. And you set a kind and it changes the tone. Uh, so I would say you have to be very purposeful about what you want to accomplish. Because mm -hmm. even apart from issues resolving in their life, there are certain things in their milestone journey that are important to talk about. So yes. when they're 15, you need to be talking about, hey, you want to make sure you save yourself for marriage. Because if you go to the left or to the right, I'll share something with you. That was really two things I'll share with you about some of the fruit of what can happen for you. Mm -hmm. So my daughter, she's 15, she does track, and, and she's in school, so I was taking her on a Saturday to do some extra running. So just her and I were walking back home, and so I said, okay, this is my moment to talk about boys again. We did it some years ago, but, you know, you don't want to hit them every day. So that's been a few years since I broached the topic. I said, you know, Hannah, you know, you're 15 now. You know, boys can start liking you. Yes, Daddy, I know. I said, but you know, if you get pregnant, you could destroy your whole life. You know, you go off in a ditch. She said, oh, yeah, I won't do that because, you know, the Bible says I shouldn't do that. I was like, yes, the Bible said it. I love the fact she said the Bible said it. I was like, oh, them Bible lessons at home made a difference. She said the Bible said we shouldn't do that. I was like, yes, yeah, the Bible said we shouldn't do that. So that is some fruit that I can share with you. When your child starts to process their life through yes. what the Bible says, yes. then you yes. got them on the right path. Yes. So that's really good. Indeed. Yes. Indeed. And the second thing I'll say is that as you facilitate these lessons, uh, sometimes your child will say, oh, I'd like to try too. So my daughter has done a few lessons herself, mm -hmm. and that has helped a lot to set the example for my, my son. son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, mm. oh, maybe I should, uh, I'm getting behind the eight ball. Yeah, you should try it too. Oh. So it just helps like to that. make them feel more comfortable, more yeah. confident mm -hmm. in what God has to say, and that is real for them. Yeah? So that's my, my uh, personal sharing.
with but what can happen. Mm. And then they and then they can come to you. Yeah. They feel mm -hmm. comfortable. They yeah. feel confident that they can come to you. I do have a Hannah as mm -hmm. well. Oh, you do. Very very beautiful Hannah. I have a Hannah as well. That's great. That's great. What have been some of the rewarding points? For you, Miles, this is not your first book. It's your yep. second book, That's right? Great. That's great. Yeah, and, and and again, I can't say how proud I am of Thank you, you. Yes. for such a good job done with this book. Yep. Um, but what has been a personal type of rewarding point for you? Yep. Well, I'll give you a little bit of testimony. Okay. Okay, okay. and it connects to this here. I can get with that. Okay, great. So when I grew up, I used to have a very strong lisp. My name is Miles. Uh -huh. It ends with an S. Yes. But it was difficult for me to pronounce words ending in S. Oh, so when okay. I was four or five, I would say, my name is Mouths. That was the best I could do. Mm -hmm. And people made fun of me. And so I became very insecure about speaking, reading. Because back then, you would have to read out loud in school. school so that yeah. was really difficult. Yeah. So my, our family, we didn't go to church very often. My parents had divorced when I was 10. So we didn't go to church except for Easter. And that was pretty much it. But my grandmother went to church a lot. And we would go to church with her. She was an old, good Methodist. And she gave to me when I was 12 the Lord's Prayer on one sheet of paper, you know, that very classic. Yeah. And she said, Junior, I'm a junior. She said, Junior, I want you to have this here and memorize it and just say it every night. So I love my grandmother. I just said, okay, Grandma, I'll do it. So then I go into my room and I said, okay, God, and now I'm negotiating with God at 12, right? I, don't, I haven't given my life to Christ, but I knew, okay, I can negotiate. And I said, God, I'm going to memorize this uh, Lord's Prayer, but you have to fix my tongue. And I said, okay. So then I started memorizing it. And then I memorized it and I was saying it at night. And then suddenly I realized I could speak clearly. So for my me, God. yes. So that was uh, my first moment that God does heal. And that was before I got it saved at 14. So wow. it, for me to go from a place where I was insecure, couldn't speak so clearly, and I've been able to do the things that I've done and write two books. Mm -hmm. uh, that I just give God glory for that. Yeah. And yes. your diction now <laughs> is your diction is perfect. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> write, write, write two books and some poems. And some poems. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's my next book, poems. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, book, yes. Teresa Futabe says such encouraging words, mm -hmm. and she has praying hands. Mm -hmm. Suzanne Dickinson Banks says refreshing. Mm -hmm. She also said practical. Godly application for families. Mm. The need is great. It, it is, is great. It, it is, is great. It is and great. you can get that need fulfilled yes. if you visit us at joyandcompany.org. Mm. Get a copy of this book. Mm. We love it here. Mm. Making Families Great, great Again. Don't yes. worry about the title, okay? Yes. It's so much more into it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what, Jordan, with you saying that, when I'm going to have to confess when I first started reading, I said, oh, my God. This is this Trump. I'm not gonna be able to do this book. <laughs> I, said, yeah. I dozed off. I said, Lord, you gotta help me because I can't I can't let Joy down in this interview. I gotta get through it. And then yes. when you got to that first lesson, yeah. something oh, woke up in me. I said, Oh my God, yeah. this is another man yeah. right here. <laughs> I called Joy today. I said, did you see that other voice that came in? I said, it wasn't the one that started. I said, I met the man when he got to giving them lessons. <laughs> so I want to let you know it was refreshing. As, as she would say, 
because I felt you. I mm. felt your heart. Yes. Yeah. As you yes. gave each mm. lesson, I felt yes. your heart. Yes. I felt you as a father. Yes. I felt you as a man of God. Mm. I felt you as a husband. Mm. I felt you caring about your family, yeah. caring about generations to come. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It was it, in every lesson, mm. you poured out that. Yeah. Mm. Yes. And that's yeah. powerful. Yeah, that's, yeah. And that, that right there is a reason you mm. need to go to joincompany.org mm. and get Thank your you. copy yes. of Making Families Please. Great Again. Yes, that's right. Wow. Right. Mm. Thank you. Miles, mm. you've done a milestone. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. To bring out that type of passion oh, in yes. Rose oh. is no small feat. Oh, yeah. Okay? <laughs> she is very honest. Yeah, she is, is a genius when it comes to processing mm. information mm. and getting into the core of the books mm. we read. She yeah. is the the heavy hitter yes, here. Right, yeah. yes. And when you've impressed her on mm. that level, okay. I'm telling you, you've done a lot. <laughs> so appreciative. Thank you. Well, well, final notes to our audience from your heart mm. about anything. The yes. book, the, the season that we're in. Yes. And just in caring for our families. Yeah, so just a few things. I'll touch a few topics. One, okay. you talk about the season that we're in. Yes. This is a, a season of uh, where we celebrate our Lord, but also outside of that, the world is a bit unstable, right? Yes. Uh, so I think it's very important, particularly for people who are Christians, to hold firm to God. Right during this time yes. to not get thrown off because he's still with us even if the world is a bit rocky right now. What I would say about, uh, and I, I was intentional with the way I started with the book because I do think that uh, as imperfect as America is, it still has been better in terms of the way in which the society functions than it is today. And I can say that uh, it has gotten worse over the past 30 years, and I think that if we don't change things, it, I think it will get worse. Mm -hmm. And that's for every every tribe, kindred, people, and nation in this country. Yeah. So I think that it starts with uh, parents starting to really protect their children from what's happening out there and to instill within them what God has really set for them. They are valuable. They have souls that are unique, and they have to know that many Adults don't know that they have souls that are unique. Mm -hmm. So parents have a great opportunity to speak life into that child. You know, uh, life and death are in the power of the tongue. So if you, if you tell a child who's very slim, you're fat, you're fat. After a few years, no matter what someone tells them, they're fat. They think mm -hmm. they're fat. Right. So it's very important that we take the moment. This, we have a window of time with children to mm -hmm. pour into them things that will strengthen them, give them a foundation, make them resilient, make them wise, right? The Bible will make the simple wise. So you can make your child wise by giving them a biblical way to process their reality. Awesome. Yep. Awesome, beautiful. beautiful. I cannot thank you thank enough you. for yeah. joining our platform really this thank year. You. Oh, I really enjoyed talking to you. I am so happy mm. that this book has made it to our table, mm. Making Families Great Again. I don't want to add anything to what you've just said okay. because it was well said and heartfelt. Mm. But I'm going to end with this. Merry Christmas to you guys. And remember, it is still America 
the beautiful. That's right. Oh, I oh. love it. Yeah, love, love it, it. Yes. <laughs> Love it, Joy. Yes. So we'll be back, guys. Give us a few minutes. We've got a new author to talk to, and we've got a new book to talk about. How about that? Mm-hmm. And then we'll, we'll be back in about five minutes. Yeah, great. stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and never coming till he In 
Welcome to the Review with Joy and Company, featuring conversations with best-selling authors as well as the hottest reviews with the authors you choose. We're inspiring the world through Christian literature. Stay logged on. We'd like to know, what are you reading? Hello, hello. Once again, welcome to The Review. I'm Joy. As always, I am delighted to be in the midst of your company. It's Marvelous Monday, and it's also the last live show of 2023 from here on The Review. So we're excited on so many levels tonight, um, and mainly about our second book, really, because as I mentioned earlier tonight, we could not have handpicked two better books to end 2023 on both of the books are inspiring encouraging and they are really great books for you to have in your repertoire i'm telling you this book uh we'll be visiting with dr kim allen talking about her book crushing insecurity pushing boundaries and pursuing dreams is it that title is just inspiring for an end of the read end of the year read don't you agree well hang out with us just a little while longer tonight we want to say hello to those of you who are returning and to some of you for the first time this evening before we jump into the stream and start talking with dr allen though let's say hello to rose lewis a merry merry christmas to each of you out there yes Thank you, Rose. And Rosemary Legrand. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Aren't you guys glad we got the trio here? It's our <laughs> last live show of wow. the season. And awesome. I just want to say, Rosemary, I'm so happy that you're here with us tonight yes. to end the 2023 season with. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back after the new year with more books, more authors. So we're not going too far. But tonight, we are going to visit with Dr. Kim Allen. And as I mentioned, her book is um, Crushing Insecurity, Pushing Boundaries, and Pursuing Dreams. I simply adored this book. It is such a great read, and it comes to us from a very knowledgeable and powerful woman of God. Um, she is a professional in the I, um, information technology arena she is a spiritual leadership and ed strong with education with specialties in planning professional development adult education and small group leadership she's developed curriculums she's mentored women who need uh, technical skills to return to the workplace so she is a giver she is an encourager and she's done just that in this book it gives me great pleasure to say dr allen welcome to the review thank you so much i'm so glad to be here well we're excited about having you we love i love the cover of your book by the way uh, very good. Well, maybe we'll get to talk about that. I've learned in, from doing this so long that most covers, there's a good story behind them. But give our audience just a little snippet about crushing insecurity. What's it all about? Well, basically, it's about um, 
women who I've experienced either through my small group studies or um, at church or in the professional field. And I've noticed so many times that we women sometimes um, don't feel completely at home with ourselves. And we, we're a little bit off. We let things steal our joy from us. And um, we get into a comparison syndrome with people sometimes. And we think their gifts are more important than ours. Or it, it's, it's a complex thing that we go through. Um, I think men go through it as well. But I've seen it most often in women where we just don't have that little push that that God puts in all of us when it comes to certain situations. And sometimes it's when we're vulnerable and tired and um, the enemy of our soul is pushing hard against us because God is pushing us to do something greater. And when I started out um, the book, I, I didn't do it I didn't think I was going to write a book. I was actually helping my husband who was writing his book. And then God began to pour into me things that um, I had seen over the years and about people who had stories and about how important everyone's story was. Mm -hmm. And those things individually that cause us to be insecure. And so I started coming up with, when I did realize that, hey, this was a God thing, I started to think about the, the things that I had seen most in women that caused them to be insecure. And some of them just didn't make sense in my own insecurities at times. It just didn't make sense. But it all came back to a belief that there was somewhere that I wasn't listening to what God was saying to me. I was listening to my own voice or the voice of other people mm -hmm. and something like that. So I thought it was important to share with women um, and hope that there's a story in the book for everyone who reads it. Speaking of stories, uh, I do want to commend you on that. You did an excellent job with making your point in different chapters or sections of the book and adding a story that fit that particular point you were getting ready, you were making and applying scripture to reinforce it wonderful job you did with that and and that's not always done on point you know um as you know we do a lot of reading here and we uh do <laughs> you know it, it was masterful the way your story so complimented the points that you were making where where did you get so many stories from well like i said it's a god thing believe me i am not that smart i have a lot of education but it's the Holy Spirit. And yes. as the Holy Spirit spoke to me, he would bring things up from my past, stories I didn't even remember, stories that reminded me of times that I thought I was failing, but God was using those situations to help other people. Mm -hmm. And it, it just was kind of a miraculous thing that happened. Now, I won't tell you that I didn't overthink myself and rewrite chapters 45 times and do things <laughs> like that. But I just wanted it to be meaningful to other people. Yes. To, wow. to say, hey, there's somebody out here. We're going through the same thing. And believe what God says. And, yeah. and you can do it. 
Beautiful, beautiful. Wow, that's beautiful. You know, Dr. Allen, um, your mother's courage inspired me so much as I read through um, all that she went through herself. But in spite of all of that, she was able to go back to college to pursue her master's degree and also receive the Handicap, um, Handicap Award of the Year. Now, yes. that was an experience for you as I read. You know, can you encourage our audience with it's never too late. That's never too late story, what your mother went through and what she did. Yes. Um, and my mom at age 36 had a stroke, a major stroke. She went to the emergency room and was misdiagnosed. So if she could have gotten the right treatment earlier, she probably wouldn't have had as severe as symptoms. She ended up being paralyzed on um, a whole side of her body. And just watching her what she went through that how she learned to walk again and i was at the age where i would you know like go with her or drive her eventually and it was just such a long journey but she just dug it out she said god is going to heal me mm. and she would just keep going and barely putting one foot in front of the other and then i just watched and until she learned to walk again and until she stood up and, and became an advocate for other handicapped people and went back to school. And, you know, uh, walking across a college campus was very difficult for her. I didn't see all those things when I was younger, but what it did teach me was persistence and strength and faith in the Lord. Wow. Beautiful. That was a beautiful story. So many incorporated in your book, Crushing Insecurities. It really makes you take an inner look at your inner self, you know. And um, yes. like I said, to be to end the year with such a powerful work of encouragement was really a blessing to us. Yes. Um, I was impressed several times in several chapters with your writing, uh, Dr. Allen. One of the first things that really grabbed me, though, was when you talked about how John Bevere impacted you when uh, he wrote, people can be divided into two categories, those who have been treated unjustly and those who believe they've been treated unjustly. How, what type of impact did that have on you and why? Well, it was life-changing for me because um, we all come again, you know, have things that come against us, especially um, like in my profession. I was the first woman in my job and it it came with a little bit of backlash and yes. there's a couple of stories in there about that mm -hmm. but um it, it to me was we have to let go of offense it it's just like it, it's almost a choice you know if we we're going to be offended at least we're going to have the opportunity to be offended but the thing is once we get that and we process it we realize that we can't hold on to that because it it gets deep in our soul and then it starts making its way through the rest of our lives. And so we make that choice to forgive people. Um, then we can be free to be the people God wants us to be. And we've mm -hmm. taught that book, The Bait of Satan, 
many, many, many times. And the people in our small groups just, you know, I I don't know about you guys, but I have this thing where I want to teach or learn something every day. (laughs) And I learn so much from Mm. the people in our small groups because as they start to process things like, betrayals or offenses or things that's happened in their lives. Yes. They begin to realize that God wants us rid of all of that junk. He wants Uh us whole so that we can minister to other people. And if we hang on to that, we just, all we do is give the enemy place where he doesn't belong. Yes. And then we can't be effective in our own ministry because God wants us to forgive. I mean, his two major scriptures that I've always tried to live by, my parents and grandparents taught me, love God and love people. Mm -hmm. And that means love all the people about all the things they do, no matter what. And I just love that book because it, it went through so many different things that people get offended by. And to hear the testimonies at the end of the class from the people that are in our groups is just absolutely amazing. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it lets you know, no matter how simplistic it is, people are still struggling with some really basic elements. And I like that you took about a whole chapter and, and talked about the element of betrayal and how it affects forgiveness or unforgiveness for that matter. And I tell you, Dr. Allen, that I was reading that part of your book at the specifically God ordained time for me in in a situation that I have been going through this year in my life. And um, I thought I had the whole forgiveness thing under lock. You know what I mean? I've been born again for many years, and I know the importance of forgiveness. And I just figured I can forgive, you know, people or anything. And then the enemy really knocked me upside my head with something this year. And I began, I became very challenged in that area of forgiveness and wanting to hold on. And and I could even identify when it was gratifying to my flesh to hold on to some things, you know. So it's like almost I want to, to, to keep this and remember this and what have you. But when I picked up your book and I began to read the chapter on betrayal, mm. I'm telling you a deliverance set in with Aww. me. And I really want to thank you for that because I had never really connected the two. And so I say all of that to say, talk to us a little bit about the correlation between betrayal and forgiveness. Well, I mean, I think at the at the center of everything is forgiveness. And I think betrayal, just like offense, happens to all of us. It, it may be. Um, a family member, it may be a coworker, it, it, a boss, it, it could be just about anything. Yes. But I know it is a ploy of the enemy. Yes. And one of the things that, that God showed me during the writing of this book, uh, just a simple sentence, insecurity is the enemy of destiny and purpose. And I thought about that over and over. And I thought, you know, that's so true because if we can't forgive, we can never get past those things that hurt us. Can we truly get over betrayal 
if we're still holding on to that one little thing that's hidden so deep in our soul. And a lot of times we're not even aware of it exactly until a situation comes up. Yes. And I think that happens to all of us. And, you know, our enemy is so sneaky. And at a time I've found at least dealing with other people and with myself, it's, it's that time of vulnerability. It's that time where we're maybe questioning things that are going on in the world or with our own situation, or maybe we've had some, some challenging times ahead of us. Yes. But, and those, so those little tiny seeds can, can grow in our hearts. And many times, like I said, you don't even realize it until one day it's staring you right in the face. And it's like, Betrayal is usually from someone who knows us and we trust and otherwise, you know, we'd meet somebody on the street and they could say something to us and we'd be like, okay, well, thank you for your opinion and move on, you know, but when people hurt us, it's a little bit harder to process and ultimately we do, we're Christians, we, we know what God wants us to do and we work through those, like, I'm just so happy that you told me that um, because that's the reason why I wrote the book that I want to make a difference mm. by letting God use words that he gives me to minister to other people and that's the most important thing that we support y'all we need each other yes, yes. we need yes. each other so bad yes and what's better than having a Christian friend acquaintance co-worker something to be right there with us and say I love you this has happened to me let me tell you about yes. that you know yes. it's never over till God says it's over that's right that's right you know I just, a few, I appreciate you saying that oh you're more than welcome a few years ago um a song is uh saying the words some words to his song was that I need you and you need me. We're all a part of God's family. Now, I, I want people to continue to listen to the review with Joy and Company, so I won't try to sing it, okay? But <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I, I'm, I'm thoughtful like that. <laughs> no, but those words, you know, when you, and I'm sure many of you have heard that song, I need you. We need each other. We're a part of God's family. Yeah, you know, there's yes, just something yes. whenever I'm in a corporate environment and they're singing that song, it just raises, you know, something inside you spiritually. It makes you want to reach out and touch the person next to you because we are beings that need each other. You know, um, when you ended that, that chapter, or it, or it may have been too, on betrayal and forgiveness, I took away something that you wrote in your book. I just loved it because you said, and this had a grave impact on me. You said, what if we would work on building bridges before we burn them? Yeah. Oh, that, that really, really blessed me. And you said, if we would take a look at forgiveness as a way to lavish <coughs> grace and to let go of grudges. So, you know, when you think about the grace of God and the grace that God has had for you in your life, I know for me in my life, so many times it was nothing but the grace of God that saw me through situations, circumstances, and 
if if you think about not being able to forgive someone, think about it from the perspective that suppose God removed his covering of grace from us. And in the word, God's in his word, he says, my grace is sufficient for you. So it's, it's enough. It's all you need. And if that was removed from us, the thing that we need, if that was removed from us, that, that's what happens when we um, don't avail ourselves to forgiveness. So very powerful piece of work you've done with crushing insecurities. Thank yes. you for that. Thank um, you. With Joy talking about how it affected her, the thing that from that I got, you said, betrayal will make us better or leave us bitter. Mm. Mm. What will lead us, what do you think gets a person to the better rather than the bitter? Great question. I think the, the transformation that happens in our souls and, and our brains and our beings and um, when we have people, I'm, for me, the people that I have in my life, I've just been so blessed. God has put in the exact, put the exact right people in my mentorship group, in my church groups, and everything like that. And I had to give people <coughs> the the ability to speak into my life. It, mm. the the stuff that's the hard stuff, the stuff that you really don't want to hear, but you know that inside you, you're going to be bitter if you don't get rid of that. And mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, even when God is telling us stuff and showing us stuff, we're not always at our 100% game to really hear that. But if you have a friend, it, to me, it all goes back to we need each other. Someone has to be, you have to be accountable to someone. And someone has to say and, you know, sit and say, one of my friends would have no problem saying, girl, I love you, but you got to get over that. Mm. You know, it, get that out of your heart right now. Stop. Let's pray. Yes. You know, yes. And, and I may not hear that from other people, but people that I trust in my circle that, you know, I've done life with, we've shared things together and we've been so blessed to be involved in ministry and small group ministry to where we could have those one-on-one -on -one relationships with people and watch the transformation happening in our life because what it really does is transform us yes we, oh, that's so we good. can start to see those things and when we learn at some point to recognize them we get better at recognizing them yes and so when something comes up we're like oh okay this isn't going to be something that's going to trip me up today. I've dealt with this before. Mm -hmm. Or we can go back to someone else's very important story who's been through the same thing. Yes. yes. And um, to me, it's just whatever is in your heart that's not 100% <coughs> right has to come out, whether that comes from a word of God or your prayer or fasting or a friend saying it. It's just to me in my life, people are so important, trusted people. Yes. And I, mentors, I don't know how I would have made it without. Mm. And so I just think we all need to be a little bit more cognizant of what's going on in people's lives around us and have that strength and confidence 
to say, I feel you. I know, I know what's going on. Let me pray with you right now. Amen. And it's just so important to take advantage of those moments. Right? Yeah. Just to abs- have that heart for prayer for others. Rosemary? Yeah, because um, you wrote um, on one of your chapters, Commanding Courage. You know, commanding mm. your courage. You know, um, how could one command courage, especially when you're going through and then, you know, as you said, we have to pray for one another, but still, we are still crying and we are still depressed. You know, can you give an example of, of um, commanding courage? That was a good one. Yes. Um, the thing about it is we have to be inspired um, by the Lord and the words that he has in our we have to, when we get knocked down, we have to get back up. We have to get in the fight. We have to realize that God sets perfect examples for us. And, you know, we, everything that goes, we go through, through our lives is a building block to our next season. And we cannot let that lack of courage, that falling into that comparison syndrome where somebody must be smarter because they're more educated or that woman is a really powerful woman of god i wish i could be her yes or those things i have seen one thing i think is critically important is knowing your spiritual gifts Mm -hmm. because when we are really truly working in the gift that god gave us we can't have anything but courage because he has put us in the fight he has equipped us to fight our enemy he has equipped us to stand in the gap for other people yes and if i don't know if y'all have found this to be true but i have in in my past history some of the most unfulfilled people that i've seen in church are people that do not know what their spiritual gifts are Mm -hmm. they're they're working in areas that they shouldn't be working in you know, yes. it's like um, maybe my grandmother used to tell me this story that her um, one of her family members was told he was going to be a pastor when he was nine or ten years old. And he spent the rest of his life trying to fit up, you know, to do what he was supposed to do and prepare for that. And it wasn't his it wasn't his calling. His God had called him to teach and to bring the word to people not in a pastoral setting and when the time in his life came that he realized that everything fell into place for him and i think a lot of times when we lose courage yes it can be an attack of the enemy yes Yes. it can be something that we've done ourselves and we make ourselves feel bad about in but again if we come back to that plan and that purpose that god has for us then we can stand up and know that he's got our back yes. and he he will be there for us but we have to get up off that ground if we're there stand up and and move forward to let the enemy know that he's not going to take us out he's not going to betray our destiny yes we are going to move forward with what he's called us to do i like the way jesus put it in the yes. word he says i have to be about my father's business yes <laughs> yes absolutely yeah rose yeah we want to f- say hello to kathleen joanna author she said this is a great story so many times our parents' strength is not realized until we walk in their shoes. Mm. 
She says, we truly need each other. We yes. are stronger together. Ooh, yeah. Oh, wow. so good. That's so awesome. good. Thank you for making yeah. that comment. Mm. Yes. And just to elaborate on that song that Joy was just about to sing, but she uh, <laughs> something. <laughs> it says, you pray for me and I will pray for you. And together we can see God change things. Yes. You know, and then that's what it is. Um, you said and you said that you can teach people everything, but you cannot teach them to care. And that's an absolute truth. And sometimes it's not that we can't teach them to care. It's just that they don't have that. They don't have it in them. They don't even know how to. You know, maybe they are going through themselves and they don't know how to show the love, you know, that we expect of them. Mm -hmm. um, would you say that's true, um, Dr. Allen? Absolutely. And I think all of our passion should be to help others excel and whatever they're called to do yes and i think sometimes just a little push of encouragement and love can help people get into that position where they can believe maybe they've lost faith in themselves or others but they can believe in themselves again and get that fight back in us i think we we all have that we we all know what god has called us to do sometimes we get involved in working our plan instead of his yes but but he at least with me he's been very gentle in nudging me back into the direction that he wants me to be and believe me ladies i have suffered from insecurity on and off my entire life and there will probably be something that happens you know in the future that i can say oh you know, that happened to me before. I'm not falling for that again. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, God ultimately has a plan and purpose for us. And the only words that matter are his words and words that align with his words. Yeah. And as long as we have others to help us and we can help each other, we can do anything. We can accomplish anything. We lean on him for confidence. And yes. Um, discovering our creativity and doing all of the things that make us feel um, like we don't have the the confidence that we we truly need. We do have it. It's inside of us. It's inside everybody. Mm -hmm. And and it's good to have that other person. I tell you, when you were just sharing it, it brought to mind my relationship with Rose Lewis. Um, she. She is that friend that will snap you back to reality. She, <laughs> and I say that because, you know, every year for, we're, we're going, walking into the 12th Annual Christian Literary Awards. It's before us. And she reminds me every year of an area in my life that the enemy attacks me in every year. <coughs> And she's like, Joy, don't you go do this, don't do that, blah, 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 because you know that's nothing about, but the enemy. He did the same thing. He brought the <laughs> same thing to you last year. And she, but you know what? You lose sight of it yourself when you're in that ditch, okay? And yes. you lose sight that you're, you know, this is muck and mire that the enemy has put you in before. Because he doesn't know anything new under the sun, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And he will bring the same thing to you. So, yeah, we do need each other, people to, to love us enough 
to say don't fall for the hype, okay? Yeah. That's not that's just a distraction the enemy is sending your way because you know we got to do now. You can go where you want to go after the awards. That's what she'll tell me. <laughs> but I do love and appreciate that. Guys, we're visiting with Dr. Kim Allen. We're talking about her book, Crushing Insecurities, Pushing Boundaries and Pursuing Dreams. And um so appropriate for this being our last show of 2023, the last live show. Let me put it that way. Dr. Allen, why is it important, and you made this point in the book, why did you, um, do you feel it's important that we learn to verbalize our vulnerabilities? Well, that goes, kind of goes back to the, um, the circle of friends or trusted people that you have because if we aren't open and honest with what's going on with us you know, unless you have a friend that's really full of spiritual discernment they may never know it mm -hmm. it's things that we have to be willing to share and we can't cover up it's typical human behavior to try to cover up things we think people may think less of us about or saying, oh, she's really having a bad day today or something like that. Right. It, it, we don't want people to think less of us, but being vulnerable brings out all of the things in our lives that we need to work on. Not only that, it's an example to other people who may have trouble sharing. Yes. You know, if we can just kind of, and I, I'm an open book kind of person. So I, I will say the things that are on my heart because I have learned over time who I can trust. And yes. so I could, I could have my deepest, darkest secret and tell one of my, my friends. And I know they wouldn't think bad of me because they know me. But I've also been in a position because of education where I've had to stand up and say, hey, I'm not the smartest person in the room here. There, mm -hmm. is, there is a God who knows it all, who leads us and guides us. There is somebody smarter in technology. There is somebody smarter in spiritual leadership. Yes. I have to search those people out, but I have to be willing to say, I don't know it all. I, I have to, you know, depend on my friends, my mentors, my pastors, my God. And yes. so that the other people can see that, especially being a small group leader, people need to see that you can be vulnerable because then you're real. Yes. You're not trying to hide anything or give advice about something that you've never experienced Experience. yourself. And, and, you know, when you talk about that small group environment, it kind of um, makes it easier for people to rise above the shame factor. Mm -hmm. Sometimes circumstances, situations happen in our lives that we, um, not necessarily justifiably so, but because we're human, we have emotions, and we can feel ashamed of what it is that we're going through. But when you're in that environment and they can actually see that other people have gone through this, you know, it kind of takes that veil of shame away and allows you to relax and to be open and, and to get free from things. Yes. So Kim, important. 
Kathleen Joyner says, know your spiritual gifts, then you you are not inclined to compare yourself to others. Mm. When we compare ourselves to others, we always come up on the sh- short end of the stick. Mm, true. Now, be, before I go on to the next person, I want to comment on what Kathleen said because you addressed that directly in the book because you talked about <clears throat> think more about God's plan than our feelings. Mm. And you used Hebrews twelve fifteen, which yes. says, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Mm. Paul Turner yes. says, Happy holidays, joy, and team. <laughs> thank you. Hi, hi. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, thank you for jumping in with us, Paul. And Kathleen, thank you for those <coughs> insightful comments. We really, really appreciate it. Mm. Um, you know, Dr. Allen, we're always very grateful when authors stop by and share their works with us. Give us an opportunity to discuss your book, like Crushing Insecurity, on our platform. We want to say thank you in a very special way, and we do it in the person of Rosemary Legrand as she brings the wick. Words inspiring change. Listen to this. Thank you, Joy. The Word of God says in Jeremiah 29, 11 to 13 in the Message Bible, I know what I am doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future that you hope for. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I will listen. Yes. When you come looking for me, you will find me. I think those words are so profound. Child of God, simply receive those promises as your own. Keep on keeping on. You must stay on course. God knows what he's doing in your life. He wants you to have an abundant life. And he wants you to love and take care of yourself. You know, you must not sit around and do nothing. You must act. God wants you to live an abundant life right now. Even your circumstance, even though your circumstances are less than idle right now, God knows the plans that he has for you. Now, we all experience and go through life's trial. When you find yourself in this situation, you must not give up. You must do your part and continue living and being faithful. God does have a plan for you. But his plan may not be on your timetable. He knows exactly when the time is ready. He said, I make all things beautiful in my time. So we must seek him with all of our hearts. Then and only then will we find our life through him. He's able to bring us out of any situation and experience the plans that he has for us. So until next time. May God richly bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Rosemary, as always, that was beautiful. And, you know, anyone listening, this is a lot to absorb, you know, and you may identify with being in some of the situations that have been discussed here this evening. But just as Rosemary has said, God is there. He cares about you. He already has planned what your destiny and purpose is. You just need to hold fast and trust God and know He's got you. 
Yes. yes, indeed. Yes. Do you know, sometimes when we look at our lives, um, when people look at us, all three of us, they think, okay, they've never been through anything, but crushing insecurities. I remember the time in my life when I was depressed beyond measure. I did not even know my name, you know, but when I look at my life now and see how trusting in God can make a difference in your life. You know, I can really and truly say that I have crushed that insecurity. And I can tell somebody else that God is faithful. What he can do for me or what he has done for me, he's able to do for them. You know, with Rosemary addressing that, it brings a question I had for you. Uh, It says, Kim, learn to safeguard our hearts without imprisoning our destinies. How can you do that? Oh, that's very powerful, Rose. Yes, um, safeguarding our hearts is we can be aware that the enemy, of the ways that he tries to come against us, and the things or the people or the situations that, that come up. But we ultimately know that he is defeated. He cannot change the destiny that God assigned to us. And if we just have faith in God, and I, and I go back again to those words that the enemy doesn't change his tactics, but God says, and whatever God says, we are. We're his children. Amen. You know, what, all of the things that he says about us, we, those things are true. Yes. And those are the things that we have to focus on when we try to safeguard our heart we we can protect god can protect us from the enemy and if we listen to god we can protect our own selves from the things that we might buy into if we have a weak moment it all is put on our armor the whole armor of god and move forward yes you know and at some point i love everything that you just said but when you're when you're going through Sometimes, or if you are a new Christian even, sometimes those things might sound like a cliche and you have that little tiny bit of doubt inside of you that makes you say, are they just saying that, you know, or this, just words, you know? But it, it's not just words, but even so, life and death is in the power of our tongue. So the words yes. that we speak, speak mm. we can create life with them or we can destroy with the words that we speak you know growing up um people used to say this sticks and stones could break my bones but words could never hurt me and i've i've lived long enough to know that that is not true that is not true the words that you speak over yourself and over people other people children around you yeah you can, it it ca- they can cause damage but it's not irreparable because god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that we might have life and have life more abundantly you know i love that we're doing this book at um the last show for 2023 i don't want to say about you know setting new year's resolutions or anything but what a wonderful time to read a book that makes you reflect on what we need to do to polish up our act. Mm. And and Kim, that's one of, one of the things that I got from reading your book, you know, ways that I can polish up 
my act, you know, thinking that I so uh, really thought that I had this forgiveness thing under wrap, right? And and it had so much work to be done in that area. So this book is a, is a great tool to help you reflect and see areas that you can improve and do better with. I love that you did mm. this book. And I love the time that you took to bring those scenarios and those stories that were funny. Some of them were funny some and enlightening. And it kept the book very interesting. So it was a, it's a very easy read, guys. It's a very easy read. And you know we don't mistake a small book or an easy read with it not being profound because this is quite a profound read. We're visiting with Dr. Kim Allen tonight. We're talking about her book, Crushing Insecurity. Pushing boundaries and pursuing dream. I, I, I'm getting this telepathy thing. Like Rose, what? What you got to say? <laughs> I was just gonna let you finish until my voice could go no more. Right? <laughs> uh, no, I just wanted to kind of put the icing on the cake. Okay, what you said, and she addressed it early on in the in her book. She says we must reroute our feelings to live a healthy life. Yeah, wow. Yes, yes. Awesome. That was good. That was yeah. good. And yeah. Dr. Uh, Kathleen Joyner says, Merry Christmas. How beautiful. Thank you, Dr. Allen and Joy and company. Oh, well, thank you, Kathleen Joyner, for joining us tonight, for your wonderful, insightful comments. Merry Christmas to you. Happy New Year and just prosperous New Year's to everyone who's jumped in the stream with us tonight. I've got just a couple more questions, and then we're going to get out of here. Dr. Allen, um, just a lot of good gold nuggets in this book. Did you, and, and I like that you said you don't know all things, that you're still learning. What did you learn from completing this book? Well, I learned that God could um, take me from a position of doing something that I never uh, could have imagined. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did a lot of writing, but it was technical writing and statistical data and things like that. Yeah. And But the major thing that happened for me personally was this tremendous voyage of self-discovery. And then I got a, I started getting comments from people that are our friends that are missionaries. And the book was, has already gone in 13 different countries, which I could have never imagined. Oh my goodness. Congratulations. Congratulations. It's being taught. And it, it makes me emotional, so I'm not going to cry here. But <laughs> Go right just ahead. To know that, just to know that something that I did in obedience to God uh. would go across the world and touch someone in a country that I've never visited for the kingdom of God to wow. help teach people that their situations in life can be overcome. Yes. And as a person who completely thought that information technology expertise was my life's work, what I was really good at, and the spiritual side of things didn't, it always was there, but I didn't ever feel qualified. Wow. If that makes sense. Yeah. To to do something like this. And God kept pushing me and 
had tremendous mentors that allowed me to find my voice and to have confidence about the spiritual side of what I was doing and realize that the impact it would make and then all of these countries and when I talk to the pastors from overseas it j- I still sit in my chair and think how could this even happen yes mm. yes and our our visions are sometimes small but God's is so big yes and in a lot of those countries that those are in right now are in a hot spot or in a place where great revival is happening. Yes. And so just all of those things combined together, just where did this girl from Texas, you know, come from? And on my own, I could have never done any of this just to know that it was God and it's actually touching somebody else. Yes. It's just the best thing that could ever happen to me in my wow. life. Amen. Awesome. You know, um, Dr. Allen, you have my permission to cry because that's a tear. <laughs> <laughs> that's a I don't need much of a, a, a thing when I talk about this. It's I just, can understand it that. My heart. Awesome. Yes. You know, we can relate to that here because every now and then, well, sometimes a little more frequently than that, but we get comments on our page. And those comments can come from anywhere in the world. Yes. And um, uh, we have uh, sometimes we interview authors and, and discuss their books, and they're in another country. And whenever we have those experiences, it touches that very special place in my heart. So I can relate to what you're saying because you think about the magnificent and the magnitude of God our Father, mm. that he could use you know, us in, in such a way that will reach across the waters to places that we've never been. So I truly can identify with what you're saying. Guys, the book is Crushing Insecurity, Pushing Boundaries, and Pursuing Dreams, written by Dr. Kim Allen. Visit us at joyandcompany.org to get your copy of this book. You know, uh, Joy has talked about what just really pricked her heart with your book. One thing that you said that would put a thinking cap on yourself, you said, are we comfortable with who we are when no one is looking? And as Joy said, it's the end of the year, and we're all taking a look at ourselves. So if someone's listening now and that statement just pricked them, really, who am I? And am I comfortable with who I am when no one is looking? What would you say to them? I would say that it's about the transparency and it's not about us. It's about being open and vulnerable and believing the words that God says. I am his child. I am accepted. I'm his work of art. I'm created to do good works. All of the things that he says to us, I'm not condemned. All of those things, when we look inside ourselves, we can realize that we're not in charge anyway. Hmm. We can make decisions for ourselves, but the ultimate thing that we can do is believe what our Heavenly Father says we are and move forward with that. Mm. Uh. And I'd say to that, 
embrace that for 2024 yes. and start your new journey. Amen. That's it. Mm-hmm. Wonderful new journey. Wonderful new journey. Dr. Allen, I can't thank you enough for giving us the opportunity to review crushing insecurity, pushing boundaries, and pursuing dreams. And if you're out there pushing boundaries, pursuing dreams, make sure you get crushing insecurities in your little stocking this Christmas or whenever. Pick this book up. It will be uh, motivating encouragement encouraging and inspiring it's a good read and it will point you in some really um you know really really good directions so thank you for joining us tonight dr allen Uh, thank you and for being so gracious and patient and um i just appreciate the work that you do so much kathleen i want to share what kathleen said with you kim she says this is so touching oh I'm crying with you, too. Now I'm going to cry. God is so faithful to fulfill his promises. Yes. 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 That's beautiful. beautiful. What a better note to end out on. So, oh, I do have another note to end up on, though. Dr. Allen, you know, it's Christmas. It's my favorite time of year. Do you guys have any special uh, holiday, what do you call them, routines that you guys do? Well, we just uh, spend time with our family. Um, We tell each other what we're thankful for and just appreciate that God has given us yet another year to be together and a a bright future coming up in the next year and reflect on um, the things that we believe that God has in store for us. Wow, wow, beautiful. Now, that's that's another good note to end on. Thank you again so much for joining us. Merry Christmas to you and your family. A happy and prosperous new year to you. Thank you so much. And we want to thank, thank you. all of you for your patience with us this 2023 season. We'll be back uh, the second week in January. We want to wish you the most Merry Christmas, a wonderful, wonderful new year, prosperous, and just happy about the things that God is doing in your life and that he is still God sitting on the throne. God bless you. for listening. Our purpose is to promote and support Christian literature. If you're an author, contact us at joyandcompany.org. We'd love to be in the midst of your company. And by the way, what are you reading?